Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better way, and it cannot be taken from her. Amen. I've been absent from this place for a couple of weeks. This last week, Robert Stevenson and I went away with nine of our middle school youth, not very far in miles, but a world away, it seemed, just down the road to Raleigh, North Carolina. The theme of the pilgrimage with Raleigh Youth Mission was worlds apart. Now, there were 35 people staying in one church building in two rooms, one for the boys and one for the girls in approximately 800 square feet for a whole week. <laughs> Let me say that that did not feel like worlds apart. But during our pilgrimage, we visited with our neighbors there in Raleigh. We visited a medical center for underinsured people where they grew their own food for anyone who needed it. We visited a treatment facility for homeless men who were overcoming major addiction and poverty. And we met with Representative John Ager, and we joined him in an open session on the state budget, and we watched as they voted a temporary budget into place for our state. And then we played soccer. We played soccer with a group of children whose parents are asylum seekers, seeking freedom from unknowable violence and conflict here in this country. And all through the week, we asked this question, how can we live next door to all of these people and yet feel as if we live in different worlds when we are all children of God? As we visited these places and heard the stories of our neighbors, the youth and Robert and I, we practiced listening and we practiced learning we did not come to help, we came to witness, to witness how their seeking of liberation and salvation was bound up in our own. We came to close the gap in the world that tries to separate us one from another. And then when we returned, I read this Gospel of Mary and Martha. So let's just get this out of the way now. Raise your hand if you are a Martha. Yes, Martha's unite. This Bible story in Luke is so well known that one can bring it up in almost any gathering of Christians, yes, even Episcopal ones, and people will know what you are talking about. While the question of are you a Martha or are you a Mary is, of course, overly simplistic, I'll admit to finding it a rather intriguing question. I enjoy the conversation that usually follows. And yet, I recognize the question often comes from a place of dualistic thinking. 
Like a Jesus follower is either a person who does things or a person who listens well. We often think of people in this way, either or, you're either a Martha or you're a Mary. And as a person who, when asked this either or question, must definitely admit to being a Martha, I will say that for years I have resisted this passage, or at least the way it's interpreted, because personally I hold a deep value of hard work and I respect people who get things done. I like seeing large systems through change. I value resiliency and community capacity and working with diverse groups of people to meet grand goals. To be sure, Martha would be my good friend and Mary, while I hate to admit it, I would secretly, or not so secretly perhaps, judge her. Because judgment is always the end result of either or thinking. So I'm afraid if we continue to read this passage as a kind of personality test with only one correct diagnosis, which is Mary, then we really risk missing the larger spiritual lesson entirely. In this story, Jesus is moving about visiting people in order to gain support for his disciples and for the work of the building of the kingdom of God. Jesus is building a movement. He's looking for support, and he's teaching, and he's sharing the good news. In essence, he's evangelizing. Along the way, he teaches and cures people of disease and spends time with folks on the margin and folks with power and prestige. In his many conversations with people, Jesus is looking for where they can share their gifts for the movement of the kingdom of God. Jesus tells them how to heal, how to love, how to serve. He tells them how to gain more disciples. He's teaching how to build a movement because he knows that his time on earth is short. Clearly, we, 2,000 years later, are still coming to Scripture to learn how to heal, how to love, how to serve, how to build a movement, because clearly we are still working to usher in the kingdom of God Jesus spoke about. And if we look at those that became disciples and the prophets before them, we can see that it takes all kinds. There is not one type of person needed to build the kingdom of God all are needed. Perhaps you are an organizer and you are good at leading people into new ways and onto new paths. Perhaps you are an advocate and you speak out for those that are not able to speak or have no place at the table. Perhaps you are a helper and you are the person who will make a meal or drive someone to an appointment or sit bedside for hours or perhaps you are a rebel, shining a bright light on the sins of the world through protests or acts of subversion, risking your own public image for the sake of clarity and visibility. In reality, there is no one way to bring about change or transformation or to build the kingdom of God. It takes all of us and our many varied gifts to do this work of Jesus. What our scripture offers us today is not one role 
or one action to take in the building of the kingdom of God, to be a Martha or to be a Mary. What our scripture offers us today is a way. It's the foundation of all action, the fundamental and essential nature of any role we may take to build the kingdom of God. And that way, the essential nature and fundamental essence is the way of listening deeply and the way of learning from others. And so let me just say before the thought might cross your mind that perhaps Millie will teach us that Mary way, the way to listen. God revealed this Mary way to me today because I am a Martha. I preach this sermon to myself, to you too, of course, but I come to this scripture today with you as a learner. I seek to learn this way from you. Because no matter what role we play in the Jesus movement, in the building of the kingdom of God, we are being told it must begin with the way of deep listening and learning. Lila Watson, an indigenous activist from Australia, is well known for her work in community organizing. And for this quote, you may know it. She says, If you have come here to help me, you are wasting your time. But if you have come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together. When we listen deeply and are willing to be taught to really learn from the other, we will see that our suffering is inexplicably woven together with the suffering of the other, as is our salvation. In this Jesus movement, there really is no such thing as personal salvation. Because when we as a people let one person suffer because of sin, then we are all sinners, and the kingdom of God remains a theoretical concept. This is the lesson found in the life of Jesus. This is what we are taught is our greatest commandment, to love God and our neighbor, to lessen the suffering of the sick and the marginalized. This is the path of salvation, and its liberation is for all of us or for none of us. But when we, when I am so fragile that I cannot listen deeply to the pain of the other and learn from it, when we act without the true knowledge that comes from sitting at another's feet, when we take action out of a place of ignorance or selfishness, when we lack resiliency or are misguided in our thinking or emotionally ungrounded in our reaction, we can do harm to the other we seek to serve even when our intentions are good. But the lesson of Mary in this gospel story today is a different way. In our story today, Mary sees a moment and an opportunity to learn and she captures it. She wisely perceives that Jesus is here with her only a little while longer and she knows well enough that she must be willing to be taught by him. And so in that moment, she takes the stance of a disciple 
which is a very risky thing to do as a woman at that time. And she sits at Jesus' feet, and she listens deeply, and she seeks to be taught. For Mary to disregard her work in the kitchen with Martha and to instead take the stance of a disciple was a rebellious move for her. And for Jesus to teach her at his feet was a radical statement. This was a risky moment for both Mary and Jesus, a subversion of the norm and a definite action in building a new kingdom. But Martha couldn't see it because Martha was caught up in cultural expectations and her to-do list. Martha was not looking to take a risk. Martha was not looking to listen deeply, to be taught. She had things to get done. And so she missed the moment and the lesson. And Jesus says to her and to the gathered crowd, Martha, you are distracted. Now to be sure, It is easy to get distracted in this world. It is easy to anxiously focus on the things that need to get done. There are so many things that need to get done. And there are so many ways to be a part of the changes that need to happen. And yet, our lesson today is that all of them begin with this way of deep listening and learning. Now, what I witnessed with our youth on our pilgrimage last week was anything but a sense of triumphant success that might come with a mission completed. No, our youth left with a sense of grief and yet tenderness and resiliency that comes from sitting with the pain of others and sitting with your own. We left all of us with a deep sense of connection Our listening and our learning from the other moved us toward the other and thus toward God and more deeply toward our own resiliency. And this is the path that Mary chose. She chose to not be distracted by what the world offers us, the to-do list, the busyness of business or the worry of too little time or expectations of culture and gender, Mary chose, she risked much to sit as a disciple, to listen and to learn from Jesus. And friends, this too is our work as a community. This is the work before us at All Souls, where we are with Koinonia, where we are with building the kingdom of God. We are being called like Mary, to risk it all, the cultural norms and expectations to give up our own need for a successful mission completed, our feeling of triumphant victory when we help the other. Instead, we are being called to sit at the feet of those who can teach us. We are called to build our own resiliency to sit with the pain of another and our own And Jesus tells us when we do this, when we are resilient enough to bear the pain of the other and learn from it, we will find our liberation bound up in theirs. We will find that their salvation is our salvation, our salvation. So who are you being called to sit with? 
What pain do you find unbearable that God is calling you to face with resiliency of faith? How is it that we can, as a community, lay down our need for a successful mission completed and work with the other so that we can have the salvation, the liberation that is for all and cannot be taken from us? Because, friends, when, like Mary, we learn to sit at the feet of those in pain, when we sit at the feet of Jesus, we will learn and we will build the resiliency to sit at the foot of the cross. And when we sit at the foot of the cross where Jesus suffers, God will allow us to bear witness to his and to our resurrection. Our resurrection which is found in all of us working together to build the kingdom of God. Amen.